So, Rachel, hmm. we've seen The Cage, the original pilot. Mm-hmm. So we actually know how most of this episode is going to go. Yeah. But what we don't know is how the heck is Spock going to get out of it? Yeah. Because he's got himself in a pickle. So do you have any thoughts on how Spock might get out of this? I'm guessing the fake Captain Pike they left behind for Vina is going to come into play. They might download real Pike's consciousness into him or steal his body. Whoa. Or somehow someone's going to decide it doesn't warrant the death penalty once they've seen the whole episode for some <laughs> reason. Or if not, the Talosians could wipe everyone's memories so Spock's let off. Maybe Pike's got some dirt he can use to blackmail the higher-ups into letting Spock off. Maybe people have been using his room to do it or plan dodgy stuff, thinking that he'll never be able to tell. Like, do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound very Starfleet, does it? They're pretty no. rulesy. Yeah, that's true. Or some technicality, like they'll decide Spock was doing it under Pike's orders, so they let Kirk off. And then the Talosians make a fake Spock and put him on death row and then let the real one come home. Are any of those right? I don't remember, <laughs> but we'll soon see. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And we are covering the second part of The Menagerie. All in the same month as the first part of The Menagerie. Thank you, patrons. That is because we've got patrons that have uh, bribed us into doing more. And hopefully the world will be a better place because there is now more Rachel Watches Star Trek. (laughs) So let's uh, get into this episode. So where we left off, Spock is on trial for mutiny and kidnapping and a bunch of other stuff. The tribunal on the Enterprise is Kirk, Mendez, and the disabled and disfigured Captain Pike, who can only communicate through a flashing light. Hmm. The trial is happening, like I said, on the Enterprise, uh, which is under computer control, locking out anyone else. They are stuck on a course for Talos IV, a forbidden planet to anyone in Starfleet. And if you go there, you are subject to the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So we start off with some arty kind of hokey camera work. It pans across a close-up of Kirk and Spock looking forward and then Mendes in profile. <laughs> Bit of dry ice and a mic and you've got an 80s music video. <laughs> it's true. It's a black background. It looks like some weird album cover. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty strange. I like that they kind of push visual boundaries on Star Trek. The wackiness of the trial has the Talosians beaming a transmission of what happened on Talos 4 13 years ago and is allowing us to watch it like a pilot for a television series you know <laughs> yeah. in the flashback we've gotten to the point where the Talosians have captured pike wow remember how fearless and commanding pike is i didn't remember <gasps> but seeing him i was like oh yeah that guy's got goods yeah i've forgotten so much of this episode of you <laughs> i forgot the Talosians giving a guided tour type commentary about pike in his cage calling him the creature and later the specimen all through telepathy I thought they'd change the voiceover. They could, you know. That'd be cheap. Yeah, but they don't. (laughs) We've just got bad memories. (laughs) So after the recap of what happened the last episode, we get back into the trial. Mendez reminds Spock that Starfleet has ordered no contact with Talos IV and that if you do, you can be put to death for it. Spock says that the Telosian Keeper is now the one in control of the view screen. I guess they call him the Keeper to enforce this whole kind of menagerie theme. Mm. So we see Pike having to do the fight on Rigel 7 with the guy in the fur. The ridiculous fight, the the slow-mo fight. (laughs) 
Pike knows that he is in a vision that has been given to him by the Talosians. Mm-hmm. We step out of the, the vision and back to the trial. Spock has to brown nose Pike a bit, you know, because he's a judge. Mm-hmm. So you want to get in good with at yeah. least one of the judges and say, oh, you know, that was a brilliant deduction you did there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, was it? Like, what's more believable that he's getting an illusion or he's somehow been transported back to the planet that he was two weeks ago? Mm. I remember being so impressed by his resistance last time that he just couldn't get into the fantasies and enjoy them. The big heads and Vina were going to all that effort. Yeah, they were. But your point back when we covered the cage was that he has been imprisoned and he's having all this forced into his mind against his will. Mm -hmm. That made more sense to me on this second viewing. Oh, yeah. Before I was just a bit uh, miffed with him for not just enjoying it and going along with it. Well, now you've got a little bit more perspective. You've got a little bit more Star Trek under your belt Mm -hmm. and you're thinking about these things in a different way. I have to say that watching this episode has made me think about the cage and the menagerie in very different ways. So in the trial, the view screen is shut off by the Telosians and Pike is slumped over in his chair. Spock says that he's tired and he needs a rest. And Kirk is surprised that the Telosians care about Pike. And Spock says, sure they do, because they want him to live with them. Mendez demands an explanation, but Spock says that they won't believe him if he tries to explain. And I say, give Mendez and Kirk some credit here. They are Starfleet officers. They eat crazy (laughs) every morning for breakfast. What possible thing is Spock going to say that's so hard to believe? Mm, They're pretty much unfazed by every kind of unusual thing. There's many things in this episode where the story just really falls apart for me. And Hmm. this is one of the first that I'm going, Mm. why why can't you tell them? That doesn't make any sense. So they can keep showing the episode. Exactly. I noticed Pike's really hung up on being a specimen and determined not to give them what they want. Meanwhile, everyone's trying to find a way to rescue him. And I thought, what happened to the assertive, prominent, in-command female character we had in number one? All right, yeah. Ahura is something similar but we've seen so little of her so far and yes. miss number one being right at the center of it yeah when pike's gone she's she's number one she's, she's in number command one. Yeah. yeah which is pretty huge back to the court martial where we're watching tv of people watching tv mm-hmm. the telosians are showing pike vena and she's real she actually survived the crash now the telosians keep putting her in the different scenarios as you recall from the, the last mm-hmm. time so we're, we're kind of skipping over these plot points if you want to any more details listen to our first episode they're trying to make her more and more appealing especially the one making Making her into an Orion slave girl. Yeah. Which is very erotic. A little too erotic. Oh, uh, during the trial, <laughs> Mendez says that the seductive Orion slave girls are said to be irresistible. Mm, apparently the slave girl fantasy is the opposite of a captain's formal life. It's what he can't have. The girls are like animals. Vicious, seductive. No human man can resist. Yikes. No human <laughs> man can resist vicious, seductive animals. <laughs> 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 Maybe things change. I don't I don't mm. know. Back in the projection, they have coordinates of the inside of the Telosian's lair. So they're going to beam down the whole crew, Spock included, to get inside. But when they try to, only number one and the other woman are beamed down. It was a great moment when Spock realized that and he spreads his arms and legs wide and goes, the women! <laughs> Super hokey. It's really funny. The women! <laughs> <laughs> They're transported into the cage with Vina and Pike. Oh, it really pisses off Vina. Now let me finish! Then she straight away starts insulting the girls, really snapping at them in her jealousy and frustration. The women have phasers, but they don't seem to be working. Pike uses anger to to block his mind from the Telosians and then thinking, I'm really angry, I'm really angry. And when one of them comes in to try and grab the phasers from them, 
he jumps on him and he grabs him. And he gives him a good choke. He gets him in a, in a lock and he says, you know what? I think these phasers actually do work. You're making us think that they don't work. So I'm mm. just going to point this at your head and pull the trigger. And then the Talosian drops the illusion. And you can see that when they try to blast through the glass that it's totally open. Why do any of the other big heads come to help? Yeah. What happened to the telepathy? Good point. Good point. I don't know. So they have the keeper hostage and they use him to get out onto the surface. I guess maybe that's why they're afraid. That oh, yeah. Then they say, oh, this is where we wanted you to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's I, I think. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe they were just saying that to make, you know, make themselves look better. Mm. You know, like, oh, no, no. I wanted that to happen. <laughs> yeah. I meant to fall down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we go back to the court-martial, and the images stop, and it seems that the Telosians have given up on Spock. Oh, why? I, I don't know. So Mendez demands that they give out a verdict. Spock begs them to wait, and that the Telosians want to help Pike and save his life. But Kirk asks, what kind of life would that be, living in a cage? Mm. So Pike votes guilty, then, then Mendez votes guilty, and then Kirk, after hard think, he says guilty as mm. well. I mean, he is guilty. Yeah. He did everything they accused him of doing, despite having virtuous reasons. Mm -hmm. Just at that moment, Lieutenant Hanson calls from the bridge, and he says that they are now in orbit around Talos IV. Spock tells everyone that the Enterprise is now under control of the Talosians. Spock says that his motives will now be explained. Okay, here's the big reveal. And I can't wait to hear this. So what is, what's really going on here? What's Spock's plan? Yeah, let's have the massive heist reveal all the intricacies of it. Exactly. And he goes, yes, I kidnapped Pike so that he could live with the Talosians. That's it. <laughs> that's Wait, that's what it seemed like it was. Uh -huh. That's what it was. Oh. Huh. huh. But then how are you not going to get death penalty? Yeah. How are they going to get Spock out of this? Yeah. I, I thought he had some good plan to like get some technicality or something, but no. The projection comes back and then they resume the court martial and we could see the Talosian talking with Pike and, and the women. And he says, uh, the Talosians, the whole plan is they want to breed humans to get their world back in order. They got so reliant on their mental powers, they forgot how to use their technology and how to fix things. And they want to start a new world, a new round of life with humans. So that's their plan. And they, they I guess, to preserve their culture and whatever valuable things that they have. Hmm. Number one sets her phaser to overload to show the Talosians that they would rather die than be captured. Yeah. And even Vina is like, yeah, I'll die with them because I don't want to, I don't want to be here on my own. They go, okay, you know what? You guys are nuts. You guys are free to go. But Vina, she wants to stay because we find out she's actually disfigured and like 80 years old. So how is she supposed to breed and repopulate the earth? Who knows? Maybe they can clone people. They don't actually need them mm. to have sex or they have ways to introduce new eggs. I don't know. So Pike says, still in the projection, well, maybe we could work something out. Maybe we can share technology or so we can find some volunteers. Mm. And then the Talosians say, no, you would get our technology and you become just like us and mm. we're done. And I'm like, there's no middle ground mm -hmm. here. Can't you just like limit the amount of technology you share? Or... It just seemed too absolute. It seems like a false problem. The Talosians mm -hmm. need people to be their new race. That don't They don't have big heads and aren't telepathic. I guess that's what they want. So they can make their planet hospitable again and look after them in their old age? Or I guess. Or, or just maybe their culture, you know, uh -huh. like their history and their religion or their philosophy or whatever. Those things that are important to them, they want to preserve. Why can't they just write up in a few books? <laughs> They're good at sending out TV shows. Why don't they do a nice series about their culture and leave it at that? <laughs> Beam that around the place. Maybe a, a mini series. Do or a little like, mini series. Yeah, maybe 12 episodes on Netflix. Do as many as you want. <laughs> Hundreds if you want. Go on forever. Don't need to be kidnapping people and breeding them in a menagerie. <laughs> I wonder what it's like for Pike watching all this as his current disfigured 
older self. Oh, yeah. Well, he's probably seeing himself being able to move around and talk and mm. do all those things that he can't do. And it, I guess it would make him feel longing. Mm-hmm. Strong, commanding self, able to be in control, no matter how little control he was actually yeah. in at the time. Yeah. How do you like watching videos of yourself in your prime? Not that you're not in your prime right now. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. You mean the things that I recorded today? (laughs) There you go. I think with age, get more wisdom. Mm -hmm. You need to be a little bit more clever. Do you look wise on the videos that you do now more than? I think so. Yeah, (laughs) I do definitely look older. Even though I was a a robust young man in my 20s, I kind of feel like I was a, a bit of a chump. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> and a doofus. And uh, I think I've learned a lot since then. <laughs> I didn't know you, so I can't say either way. Yeah. We find out why the reason that the death penalty was put on anyone who broke Order 7 was for fear of them getting Talosian technology and destroying humanity. And I thought to myself, what? Mm. It's this whole theory that I always, I don't gel with. That this idea that technology is evil, because mm. I personally don't believe that technology is evil. It's what you do with it. Depends. It's the parameters, it's the, the boundaries p- around it. Exactly. And I don't understand why the Talosians just couldn't limit what technology they were going to share. Mm. The telepathy is the problem. Don't give them the telepathy technology. I don't really understand. Anyway, anyway, the big heads could be bothered to put Vina back together and condition her, capture Pike plus multiple other creatures and create all those elaborate fantasies but they couldn't be bothered to just have sex or do some IVF or whatever to continue their species. Uh, I mean, they really don't like sex. Or maybe they're completely asexual. I, You know, who knows what they're what their deal is but the amount of energy i would think it would take to create these elaborate illusions it's got to be pretty intense yeah why don't they just create an illusion for themselves that they're living in this fabulous world where their history is perpetuated and just be done with it but that's (laughs) (laughs) because once they die the illusions go away Mm. and again i'm assuming that that's what they want they want their culture to live on yeah so they just need to get a good uh, podcast series going don't they (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly what they need how we're letting our culture live on kirk says something to mendez and then mendez just disappears he vanishes yeah i thought was like "Uh uh-huh and the keeper comes on the the little view screen and now he's communicating directly with kirk and he says oh yes we created that illusion the actual mendez is really on starbase 11 but when you left on the shuttle we made a fake mendez to keep you occupied whilst you guys were able to get to the planet Occupied. What? What's going on? The whole court martial was to distract Kirk from trying to regain control of the ship. And the whole thing's the Deus Ex Machina. Just suddenly the commander comes on and says, actually, it's fine and you're not going to be punished. Did Spock know he was going to be pardoned suddenly like that? Or was he willing to risk death? I, I don't know. This is ridiculous. They can project illusions into other star systems? Wow. They were warp speed away. They were in another planet. It was taking them hours and hours to get there. Mm. So the Talosians were able to make an illusion on Starbase 11 of Kirk getting in the shuttlecraft with Mendez. Uh, and they've never even met him. Well, they can somehow read minds. So if they read Kirk's mind, they can take anything out of his mind, including his image of Mendez. Mm, okay, that I get. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And them being able to do this, it raises further questions about the plot of this particular show. Now, the real Mendez, who's on Starbase 11, sends a message that Ahura reads out. General Order 7 is suspended for this particular incident, and it's up to Kirk to decide what to do. 
Kirk asks Pike if he wants to go to Talos IV and live with the Talosians, and he flashes yes. Finally. Like Vina, Pike now chooses to live in fantasy and enslavement rather than be deformed. They use the pilot footage where Vina is given the fake Captain Pike for company to represent Pike now having his former body back and walking hand in hand with Vina into the Talosian home. It goes out on this bit. Mr. Spock, when you're finished, please come back and see me. I want to talk to you. This regrettable tendency you've been showing lately towards flagrant emotionalism. I see no reason to insult me, sir. I believe I've been completely logical about the whole affair. <laughs> Suddenly the big heads are benevolent, thoughtful, and only too happy to help. <laughs> 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 okay, let's. I'm gonna break it down for you. These are my questions. Mm. One, how did Spock get in touch with the Talosians? Hmm. They were part of his plan from the beginning, mm. so he must have known that they would want Pike even if he was all messed up. Yeah, can they read minds from that far away? You're saying for this plot to work, they had to be able to start transmitting visions when they were all the way out there. Yeah, with on the Starbase 11. What they say is that on Starbase 11, when Kirk got on that shuttlecraft that he saw Mendez getting on with him. And it was a vision. And it was a vision. Yeah, so they were already tooling around with it by then. So they they had to... Well, and Spock, he doesn't know if the Talosians would want all messed up Pike. For their purposes, he might be too damaged and they couldn't use him. Couldn't they send their thoughts to him like Pike could read their No, no, but what I'm saying is, before this whole plot happens, Spock is, oh no, Pike, he's been hurt. Oh no, he's really messed up. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish I could help him. Wait a minute. The Talosians. I wonder if they would help him. So Spock would have to like somehow communicate with the Talosians or the Talosians somehow were aware of what happened with Pike. Mm -hmm. Well, they do seem pretty pervy, don't they? They're probably monitoring everybody in the universe all the time. So Spock just has to sit there for a while just going, I'm trying to communicate with you Talosians. Come in Talosians. Wow. So if that's the case, they are like almost omnipotent. Like that's insane that they can do that. Ultimate voyeurism. But but what seems to make more sense to me is that somehow Spock sent a transmission to Talos 4 and they were like, oh yeah, actually we would like Pike. Mm. He's welcome to come here. He needed to find out that they were still there, that they hadn't already achieved their goal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so that means that they can communicate. So now this brings me to my second point. If the Talosians are able to use their powers light years away, they could just go, hey Starfleet, let's be friends. We want Pike to come live with us because he's all messed up. You guys can't do anything for him. We can help him. Yeah. And ask Pike. Yeah. And Pike would probably go, okay, yeah, because this my life sucks right now because all I can do is beep. Whereas he said no before, possibly because he wanted to protect Spock. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If the Talosians are able to use their powers light years away, if they wanted to be evil about it, why not just make the Commodore see a message from whoever mm-hmm. is in, in charge and just say, oh, yeah, we've talked to the Talosians. We're buds now. They're going to help Pike. So just put Pike on a ship and take him out there. Oh, yeah. Be quite easy, wouldn't it? Done. (laughs) I don't understand why they had to make this so convoluted. This is bad script. Maybe you have to wear a special hat to communicate with the Talosians, so they can't just get in anyone's mind. (laughs) But they got Kirk's mind. He didn't wear a special hat. Oh, man. I'm, I'm right on this one. I've got I got it locked down. Okay, so point three, how is Spock off the hook for this? Mm. He stole the starship. He assaulted officers or crewmen. Only gently. <laughs> <laughs> he did a bunch of bad things. 
for a good reason. So he gets a pass. That's <laughs> that's nutty, man. Like no reprimand or anything. Yeah, it's not like they were reasonable when everybody was sentencing Spock to death. Didn't seem to be any wiggle room back then. Yeah. Then suddenly, ah, oh, no, let him off. He's fine. Hey, it's all right. This whole script is wackadoodle. It doesn't seem very Spock-like because if I could figure these things out, Spock should have been able to figure these things out and make mm. it much easier and less convoluted. But obviously it was just a way to reshow the pilot yeah, uh, and save themselves, uh, you know, the production cost of, of, the, of making a new show. Well, Gene was very proud of it. <laughs> and also, Chris, with the money they saved on these two episodes, they were able to fund a neonatal unit for two years. What? No. Oh. <laughs> just making it up. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, wouldn't it? I thought you were, I thought you read some factoid. I was like, what? I never read that. Would that change your opinion of the episode? Yeah, it would. It would. I can be harsh here. I love Star Trek, as we've heard on the show so far. Just this grip doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's got a lot of holes through it. Mm. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, I liked it. So, yeah, we're getting our thoughts. <laughs> My thoughts. What the Talosians call conditioning, Pike calls torture. For example, they get him to eat by forcing him to visualize being burned. Mm-hmm. I wondered about children being conditioned to eat or comply in different ways. And where's the line between conditioning or civilizing them or something? And torture is giving a time out torture because it's abandonment or removal of their presence in wow. the room. Or That's some know. heavy stuff. I don't know. People I, do all kinds of things to get children to eat against their will, don't they? It's true. I don't think they subject them to a vision of hell, <laughs> yeah. uh, which they're, you know, they're melting in a, a pit of fire. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite that bad or that extreme. But some people use extreme fear as a method. They do use fear as a method to get children to do things. But children aren't responsible enough to take care of themselves. But then I guess that argument could be made about humans if you're a Talosian. Mm. You're like, these humans are idiots. They can't take care of themselves. We can take care of them better. Mm. Good thoughts will be rewarded. Bad thinking will be punished. They yeah. said something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The alternative is if you don't condition your children, they are terrible human beings. <laughs> Savages <laughs> running around. Yeah, doing... Just yeah I'm not saying don't condition them. No, no, no. There's certainly a line and who's to say where that line yeah. is. And yeah. the Talosians feel that they're on the right side of that line, I sure. suppose. If you look at humans, I feel like I could kind of see an argument for humans being out of control mm-hmm. and needing to be conditioned. And humans still murder each other mm-hmm. and we still damage our environment. So if some big alien came in like the day they stood still and said, you guys need to clean up your act or we're going to mm-hmm. kill you all. It's like, all right. Kind of got a point. Mm. I kind of see what you're saying, but... Makes you think. It does make you think. And, you know, actually, what was so bad about what they were offering? Hmm. The Talosians, I mean. I feel pretty confident they could have found probably thousands of volunteers that would go live out their dreams with the Talosians. Mm. You're given visions of anything you want, anything that makes you happy, and you're helping rebuild a civilization. You have to give up your soul and condemn yourself and any future generations to slavery. That they throw around this whole slavery thing. Mm-hmm. That's what the humans said. You mean that they're going to be tricked into doing what they want them to do? Yeah, they're breeding them for their own needs. They've kept them captured. They're conditioning them to fit their own needs. Yeah, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna turn your argument back on you. How is that different than having children? Well, then my children would be not conditioned by me, but by these other creeps. 
No, but we have children and we condition our children to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. You don't ask to be born. Mm-hmm. We bring you into the world and we make you be a certain way. Like we try to condition you. That is not up to you. Eventually you can kind of make your own way, but you're stuck within the limitations of your society, within the laws. Is this really all that different? Plus you get to live in your ultimate fantasy. You want to be able to fly. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to be the king of ancient Egypt. And it would seem totally real. It would be like living in virtual reality, uh, which in lots of science fiction people do. Sometimes people totally just give up their physical bodies to live in these virtual realities. So what the Telosians are offering, I don't think suits everybody. Obviously it didn't suit Pike initially, but I think that there would be plenty of people that would be like, yeah, that sounds like a sweet deal. I could see it if it was just myself, but it's the having children with someone that I haven't chosen and not having any control over how they're then treated and their children and their children. You could think that they would be treated like you, which means that all their ultimate fantasies would come true and they would be conditioned to be just useful enough for whatever the Telosians need. Mm, So you don't know that. You don't know that, no. Is it a bit like religion in a way that people are willing to say if they're born again or something they're willing to adhere to a new set of rules that they haven't adhered to before for the promise of something much more enriching both in this life and the next one or is it like drugs the escapism of pleasurable Mm -hmm. experience but actually the downside is what it's doing to your body meanwhile how it's cutting you off from everyone else that you know potentially yeah i don't know we know so little about what this deal is if they're living their ultimate fantasies how are they contributing to their rebuilding their society are part of their visions them like digging a trench or plastering up a wall gardening whatever it's a little hazy but just this idea i don't think is is so bad Mm, interesting i'm just throwing that out there yeah it's not for me it wasn't for pike if i was a quadriplegic who couldn't talk and only could use a light i would totally 100 percent go for this option or if you've been so depressed for decades that you didn't think you could go on i could imagine wanting to go and live in a nice fantasy why not but in the pilot they established that they didn't want humans because they resist capture so much even when it's nice capture that they have no use to them right now pike has consented to it but wouldn't his children have the same resistance and also be useless to but them. they wouldn't they might not even know that they're in a vision they mm. would if they grew up in it they would be conditioned to fit within whatever they needed and that's what i'm saying pike agreed to it so if somebody consents they're interested so i'm sure they can find on a planet or planets of billions of people i'm sure they can find a couple hundred folks that would be up for this mm. that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying and whose fantasy will they live in pike and vena some combination of both are they in the same fantasy together like they were in the cage, do you I think? I guess so. She's got to be all kinds of screwed up by now, the poor thing, after another 13 years on her own with the big heads. Well, no, she wasn't on her own. She had the fake pike with her. So she might even not mind. She might not notice the difference. She might notice the difference. He was her dream man before. So will Vina accept any fantasy in which she gets to be with Pike? The illusion of the perfect wife. When he goes to fake work, she can down some fake diet pills and go and see the space beetles or something. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah yeah if they can make a fake person for or for somebody you would, the the two people wouldn't actually have to ever interact with each other mm. they could just be in their own visions and then they just make them do it sometimes i guess so mm. or i mean with the technology that they've got they could probably just just clone them clone them mm. I, I guess i don't know Anyway, concepts. There is super cool stuff here. Obviously, we're talking about it still, but this is all from the cage, really. Mm. And we didn't really get into it when we did our first show, but 
there's a lot of neat stuff with civil with the civilization that fell because of their advanced tech, the way that they played with the illusions. It was super cool. I, I thought the pilot episode was was great, mm. but the wraparound stuff didn't make any sense. So it averages out to a five. It was weird and I liked it. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> so for entertainment, I saw it all in the cage, the letdown of the weak reveal on this particular episode, mm. you know, Spock was just like, I'm bringing Pike to live with the Talosians. Like, mm. Maybe give it a three. Oh, you've got to base it on the episode as shown without having seen the cage, surely. I guess. Pulsing aliens, gorilla warthogs, green dancers, horse picnics, <laughs> Spock with two different styles of eyebrow. Come on, it has it all. <laughs> so what does it get? What do you give it then? Seven. Okay. Now for sexiness, the original Cage was really sexy. Maybe like an eight or a nine, I would Ooh. guess. In fact, one of the reasons why they reshot the pilot was because it was too sexy. It says here, it had to do with NBC's broadcast standards office being concerned about the eroticism of the pilot Ooh. with the green dancing girls and the kissing and all the raw sexuality. <sighs> but again, the wraparound stuff was not even remotely sexy. Unless, of course, you're into motionless scarred guys who communicate through beeps. If you are, then it's a 10. But otherwise, I think a five. Mm. Well, Majel's hot and so is Vina in a totally different way yeah. when she's not being creepy or insulting the other girls. Yes. I'm not attracted to Pike, but there's definitely a sexuality about him. Oh. I'll go for a six. Oh, no. You didn't think he was attractive. I don't fancy him, but I do appreciate his commanding yeah, yeah. style. Obviously, I'm not attracted to him sexually, but he, there was, he does have a good presence about him. I think mm. he was very like commanding, I guess, and just... Very striking features. Hmm. It's funny because that actor, Jeffrey Hunter, was off of the show. Uh, he was only on the pilot because supposedly his wife came in and like started making all these demands. Oh, no. And it like was involved with production meetings and all this stuff. She says that she didn't want him in a stupid sci-fi show. So like <laughs> they bailed out of the rest of the series. Oh. But everybody else says they fired him because he was letting his wife kind of manage things and she was just a nightmare so mm, who to believe so that's what happens and the and the guy in the chair was just another actor he was uh, this guy called sean kennedy oh what yeah well they couldn't afford to pay the dude to come and just sit in a chair all scarred and messed up so mm, well you not, didn't you didn't even notice the difference right i guess i'm not that surprised <laughs> I think despite the completely restricted movement, Jeffrey would have brought more soul and presence to the character than this guy did. Yeah, you know, but even through the eyes, it, it, sure. he was he was there mentally, wasn't he? And I don't think that necessarily came across. Yes. There wasn't much of an emotional sense of Pike from no. the acting there. No, there wasn't. He could hold his head up because he, he slumped over when he fell asleep. So yeah. surely he could show us some feeling. Sure, probably. <laughs> I don't know. So our next episode, which will be in December, is The Conscience of the King. Mm -hmm. And we saw the little blurb <laughs> for it on Netflix and the picture and all. Oh, yeah, it looks great. It looks really good. But I saw the one after this is The Balance of Terror, which mm -hmm. is a classic episode. Okay. And I'm very excited to see that one. So hopefully this next one will be amusing and maybe fresh for me because I don't know if I've seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they're going to do? They're all over the place. Rachel, as always, I had so much fun watching the show with you and then talking about it afterwards. Thank you and you. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek.
Watches Star Trek.